That was some fantastic singing. I want to compliment you. I want to compliment the song leader. And I want to thank you for it. I enjoyed singing with you. Enjoyed the words of the hymns. Appreciate the opportunity. It's good to see you. It's good to stand before you. And it's good that we can be together always on the first day of the week. To worship as we trust both in spirit and in truth. And to fellowship one with the other of those in like and precious faith. If you have your Bible, I would invite you to open or turn or look with me, please. The Gospel of Luke, 19th chapter. And starting our reading here in verse 37. Luke 19 and verse 37. I'm very excited about the upcoming activities. I'm excited about Brother Webster coming back and teaching us about church growth, what we can do to be most productive. I'm praying that my schedule is conducive, that I can be present for all those sessions. That's, that's my goal or attend as many as possible. And I hope that that's your goal as well. We all have individual talents, our equal parts of the Lord's church, and we need one another. So I'm thankful about this opportunity, and I want you to view it as that. It's great oversight by the elders. And it is an opportunity to learn and to grow and to have more impact and example in this community, in this county and surrounding counties as well. So I just wanted to say that I'm very excited and also I'm very mindful of you. Let's remember to continue to pray for one another. Continue to pray for those that have upcoming tests and procedures that have uncertainties that, that are dealing with conditions or things in their lives right now. And those that are bereaved, please continue to remember them as I know you have been doing. And I pray that you will continue to do as well. And please remember me also. I need your prayers always. I always jokingly like to share with Brother Troy Smith over in Perry County. He'll always say, if you don't need prayer, please raise your hand and we'll exclude you. And uh, no one ever raises their hand. I've yet to see any hands go up and my hand will sure not go up when that's said. I need your prayer as well. Luke chapter 19 and starting in verse 37. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent 
of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and they praised God with what kind of voice? What's your Bible say? A loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen is what we're going to talk about this morning. The mighty works of God that are worthy of a loud voice. They're worthy of recognition. Worthy of glory, honor, laud, and praise. And they said in verse 38, Blessed be the King. It's a happy thing. Cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to the highest extent. But in verse 39, and it's always the case, there can be a loud voice, there can be great joy, there can be hosannas, there can be praise. But you'll always have the negativity. There'll, there'll always be someone, some entity, or something that's going to try to ruin it for you. It's going to try to knock you down. So here's the Pharisees individuals who should have known better, but that word should is a strong word oftentimes. Some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, tell them to be quiet. Calm them down. Warn them. Rebuke thy followers. Rebuke thy disciples. But boy, I love the answer. In verse 40, don't you? Don't you know it by heart? Can't you quote it? Let's read it. And the Master, He answered and said unto them. Now this has to be the truth because Jesus said it. Therefore, you know it's right. I tell you that if these disciples should hold their peace if I were to rebuke them and tell them to be quiet if they were to hold their peace what would happen? The stones creation would cry out anyways. The great and mighty works of God who is deserving of honor. Who is deserving of a loud voice. A, a proclamation that God is love. He is light. And in Him is no darkness. And that's the truth. Glad hosannas can ring. Individuals recognize the majesty the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Father whom is in heaven and the Holy Spirit that inspired these very words. 
Now we could stop right there if we wanted to. That'd be a good lesson. That'd be the truth. The Bible has more to say. Turn with me, please. Stay in the Gospel of Luke. And turn back, please, a few pages to your left to Luke chapter 10. And in just a few moments, we'll pick up in verse 1 of Luke chapter 10. But to adequately set the stage, let's go back to chapter 9. Luke Chapter 9, and let's start our reading in verse 56, and we'll read right on through just a few verses of chapter 10 as well. The great and masterous works of the Almighty. Luke chapter 9 and verse 56 to begin. Jesus speaking says, For the Son of Man is not, hasn't come to destroy the lives of people. Instead, He's come to save them. That's His goal. Is that our goal as well? To go into all the world Preach and teach and exemplify Christ to others. To baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey every, all things that are commanded, knowing that if we do that, lo, He's with us always. Even to the end of the whole world, to the end of the age. The Son of Man, Jesus Christ, He did not come to destroy. He came to fulfill. He also came to save men's lives. And they went to another village. And in verse 57 of Luke 9, it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto Him, Lord... I will follow thee with ever so thou goest. Wherever you go, I'll go. I'll follow. I'll put you first. I'll seek your kingdom, the church. And thy will will be foremost in my mind. And Jesus said unto him, very interesting answer, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Let's pause right there. What's Jesus saying? What he's saying is this. Do you understand the price? 
do you comprehend the cost of following me? I hope you realize that at this time when you follow Christ, your life could be demanded of you. Your family disown you. And by disown, have nothing to do with you. If you had an inheritance, it's gone. Jesus said when a person thinks about building, the first thing that they do is they sit down and they calculate the cost of the project. And are you willing to undertake the cost? <clears throat> the cost of following Christ is your life. And I'm willing to die to sin. And I'm willing to take up my cross daily and follow after what I know is right. Even if I become destitute in the process, I'm willing because I believe that Jesus has gone away to prepare a mansion, if you will, for me. And therefore, it really doesn't matter what happens to this old body or this old physical life. I am a victor spiritually and no person can rob that from me. <clears throat> he said unto another in verse 59, You follow me. But he said, Lord, I'm busy. Now this, this is important. Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. In my estimation, that would be a reasonable request. But how important is it to follow the Lord and what can I place in front of the kingdom? Jesus wasn't being unfair there's no one that has ever cared like the Lord. And there's no one who will ever care for you like the Lord. God gave His Son only begotten on the cross of Calvary to die the worst death imaginable. Even what led up to it unfathomable this statement is not uncaring or unjust or untoward at all. He's trying to emphasize the importance of the kingdom. He's trying to emphasize the cost. He's trying to emphasize how important God, what role He must play in your life. And I struggle with that. It's easy to come up with excuses, often that are valid in our thinking, that get in the way of doing the work that must be done. Soul-saving work that is of the utmost importance. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead 
bury their dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God after all. That's the eternal message of salvation. Jesus had said previously, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming when all who are in the graves will come forward. That message allows us to overcome the desperate nature of physical death. Go and preach the Word. Go and teach others about the kingdom of God. Put that first and foremost in your example, in your conversation, in your manner of life. And another also said in 61 of Luke 9, Lord, I will follow Thee But, now that gets in the way. Let me first go and bid them farewell which are at home at my house. Allow me to do this. And Jesus took this opportunity in verse 62 to talk about faithfulness. Notice, and Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, he is fit for the kingdom of God. It's just that essential. It's just that important. It's made up of a dire nature. And you're just that blessed. Why would you want to look back? We always want to be moving forward growing and maturing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. It's easy for me to think about self. How many individuals have you met in your life and have said to you, once I get my affairs in order, Work is as it should be, and my life is going well, and my financial stature is secure. Then just let me do these things first. I hope this is making sense. How many folks have said that to you in your life? Well, I would obey the gospel now, and I believe that the Bible says that this is the acceptable hour, but. I've got this I need to do. And this I must attend to. And once I get these things where I would like them, then... But the Lord is saying, follow me now. You see, I'm never going to be able to get myself where I need to be and then be right with God. No. I need God to help me be where I need to be. I hope that makes sense. And the same can be said about those that say, I've got difficulty in my life. I've got got to take care of that first. I've got to be right. And then I will come into the church. 
That's exactly backward. We come to the Lord because we are sick. And we need a physician. A great one. That can assist us. And help us back to the health. That we desire. Spiritually. And Jesus is willing to do. Just that. If you are willing to. Follow him. While the time is now. After these things. Chapter 10. The Lord appointed other 70 also. And He sent them two by two before His face into every city and place whither He Himself would come. Who's the Gospel for? Every city. It's an underlying thing. Every place. Two by two, well equipped to preach and teach here about the coming kingdom, the church that Christ was going to give His life to establish. Gospels for all. The message is for all. We are all sinners saved by grace, and we are all thankful. We need one another. We need the fellowship. We desire the prayers of Christian people. If not daily, weekly, of course. And I would venture to say in my case, daily. Now notice verse 2. Because some individuals have argued... Jesus was very harsh, namely in verse 60. Let the dead bury the dead. Some individuals have read that and said, that's uncaring. The reason they say that is because they fail to understand. They miss what Jesus is actually trying to say. If they would just go down to verse 2, of the very next chapter, I'll tie it all together. Therefore, Luke 10 and 2, He said unto them, The harvest, the fields, truly, it's great, but the laborers are few. Follow me. I need you. Let's go. Let's go now. There's no hope of tomorrow. Jesus Christ, that's the message of hope. God has sent His Son to die in your stead that you may be saved by and through Him. That's the good news. And that's for everyone, both Jew and Gentile today. Pray you therefore, the Lord of the harvest that He would send forth laborers into His harvest. And you go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. The Pharisees were right there. Those that knew better. 
in our first example in Luke 19, all the rejoicing and the wolves were there to say stop it. Rebuke them. Calm them down. Don't want to hear it. Pray for the laborers. Pray for those that say, I will follow the Lord, send me. That they'll do it now. That they will place Him front and center. For the Lord of the harvest, the harvest is great, it's large, fields are white. And Jesus is the Lord, the Master, the Superior of that harvest. He is interested in every soul in the world. He's interested. He's concerned. He shed His life blood that those may come into the fold. And it is Jesus who said, you pray, pray for them. They will come and they will be willing to set the cares and the concerns even merited and the desires of the world aside. And they will move forward toward the most important work there is. Seeking and saving the lost. After all, what did Jesus our Lord say Himself in Luke 9.56? Let's read it in closing. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Is it too much for Jesus to ask of you to have the same Mindset that you are concerned, you care, and you're willing as a disciple to go into the world and preach and teach about the love of Jesus Christ. Brother Baker, someone else will do that. I'm busy. I know you're busy. And we always are hopeful that others are willing to serve. But the best answer you could give to God who is listening, Lord, I'll follow Thee. What can I do, Lord? How can I be faithful to the cause? How can I place You first in my life? Am I willing to study Thy Word? To pray without ceasing according to Thy will? Am I willing to treat others fairly when they treat me unfairly? Or do I always give them what they deserve? I'm awful glad that I haven't always received what I deserve. I'm glad for that daily. And I'm overly and abundantly glad that God hasn't given me exactly what I deserve. 
That's something we can do to be Christ-like. Treating others well. And as I've shared with you before, you may feel like that you're not as well studied as you would like to be. I've heard folks say, I don't know how to turn to book, chapter, and verse. I, I can't recall the Scriptures like some folks can. That's okay. Do you know how to treat individuals? Do you know how to pray for them? Do you know how to pat them on the shoulder and on the back when need be? Do you know how to say, I'm here for you and Jesus Christ cares about you and the church is available for you? Do you know how to invite? Then you know how to be successful. And as you continue to study, and as you continue to pray, and as you continue to work, it becomes more familiar. And you become better. The key element, and we've said it several times, is being willing to say, I will follow You, Lord. And if you're willing, God can do wondrous things through your willingness and as He does, you deflect and always give Him the credit. After all, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. If you are present and you have a need to render faithful obedience to your Lord's invitation, we stand ready to assist. Come believing willing to turn away from your sins through repentance, confess your faith before this congregation that you hold in your heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of a living God, and be buried with Him in the watery grave of baptism for the remission, the forgiveness of your past sins, that you may rise out of that watery burial to walk in a newness of life, born again, added to the church by God Himself. If you are subject in any way to the gospel invitation this morning, won't you come and respond as together we stand and while we blend our voices for your encouragement.